Good morning. Really glad you're here to worship with us this morning. Wanted to give you an update on the Christmas offering. We have received just over $1,400 so far. And what we're doing is we're pooling a Christmas offering together to send out uh, across the world. And then some's going to stay here in this area to, to bless and help ministries who are trying to extend the kingdom. That's what we're talking about in this message series, the kingdom with no end, the government with no end. And the church's role and our individual role, if you've decided to follow Christ, is to do what we can to help extend this kingdom beyond uh, where it is. The kingdom of God is the rule of God in the hearts of men. It's a spiritual kingdom now that will be realized later. And so what we're going to do is uh, pull this money together. We're asking that you pray about, think about, and uh, give to this offering over and above your regular offerings. Forty uh, percent of the offering is going to go to Ch- uh, Christian Challenge in this area, and you can find the details on the envelope that's in your program. Forty percent is going to go to Christian Challenge. Sixty percent of the offering this year is being sent to other parts of the world, to Central Asia, to North India, and then uh, other will be distributed by the group of churches that we cooperate with to other parts. I got an email from Randy Paul uh, this week just describing how the satellite system we gave we gave last year toward a satellite internet system uh, because they're in a third world country and trying to help the people there in that country. And he sent an email just describing how it had helped. And he said it has really helped in a big way just uh, to allow them to stay in touch with the outside world, to sustain the business that they've started. They've started a business and they hope that the people in that country can keep the business going to self, to sustain them, to sort of provide for them. And so they started this business to bless the people there and uh, they, to help them. And, and so the, the internet connection satellite deal that we bought them, I don't know what it was. I'm not technical. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, IT is not my thing. It's some satellite internet thing. Um, but anyway, it's really helped their, their business, helped serve their, their family, their co-workers, their teammates, their partners in other areas and other parts of the world. So just wanted to give you that update on how last year's offering helped. This is the second year we've done this this way. So pray about that. Consider how you'd like to give. In this series, what we've been doing is we've been looking at the throne names or the titles that were given to Jesus Christ. 700 years before he was born, and we're seeing how they were realized in his life and then trying to connect the dots as to what that means for us. So that's what we've been doing. Here's what it says in Isaiah 9. These are the throne titles, the names. Ancient kings had a throne. They usually had titles or names on the throne itself or above the throne. It says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. By way of review, here are the practical action steps that we've taken from the first three messages. Whenever I 
get into the Word of God, or when I teach on it or speak about it, I try to give action steps that we can take in order to do what it says, because that's what Jesus told us to do. Jesus told us to teach people to observe what I've commanded you, to put it into their life, get it into their life. So we've been looking at these action steps. First week, we talked about the title, Wonderful. And the action step is, if I follow Christ, I step into the world around me and I serve. The word wonderful in the Hebrew that that was originally written in refers to something extraordinary that causes us to look on it with awe, with wonder. It's, it's even difficult to understand. In that word, you get the idea that it's sort of difficult to figure out. It's hard to understand how that, how that could be. This is how it is with Jesus. He's, he's God himself who stepped into our world to reveal God most plainly to us. And connect us to him. We sang that uh, song, Angels We've Heard on High at the Beginning. One of the little phrases in there, Mary and Joseph lend your aid. I'd never thought of it quite this way until we sang it just there. But God himself became a helpless child. And he had to be helped by Mary and Joseph. He had to be cared for. God humbled himself and became a baby. That's wonderful. That is, how does that happen? I mean, how did he do that? How do you figure that out? It's it's beyond comprehension, and that really is the kind of God we want. If, If we could figure out how God does stuff, then we wouldn't need him. Maybe we could do it ourselves. And that it's, it's, it's sort of this wonder. How does he do that? If there's a God who made the universe, why couldn't he do it? And that's, if you're investigating Christ, there's a flow to investigating him. You have to, first of all, arrive at the fact that there's a God who made this universe, this world that we live in. That's, that's the first phase, we'll say. Just figuring that out. There's a creator. There's one who made us. Then... You need to discover, you need to begin to learn that we're cut off from knowing him personally by our own sin. The Bible calls it sin, it's our own rebellion. And you you have to conclude that you need a savior, a creator, a savior. And then finally, once you've figured that out, you make him your ruler. And that's what we're looking at in this series. The benefits that you find as you make him your own king. In life, counselor is the second title. I can ask Jesus for help I need to do his will and purpose. Since he became one of us, since Jesus stepped in this world, since God himself became one of us, our God and King completely understands what it's like to be one of us. Completely understands what life is like here on earth. So, As we go through tests and trials and difficulties and ups and downs in life, he knows what it's like. He's gone through the same tests, the same trials, the same troubles, yet he never once sinned. And we looked that week at Hebrews 4, which talks about the kind of high priest we have who can sympathize with us. This means that we can approach him with confidence. To receive the help we need at any given moment in time. 
And so I can ask Jesus for help, the help I need to do what he wants right here and now. And I want to make myself available. I want to make use of what he's made available. Third name is Mighty God. To renew strength, I wait in the Lord, not myself. I hope in the Lord, not myself, anyone, or anything else. This means that the way I renew my strength, or in other words, the way I recharge my spiritual batteries, is I put up my hope in him, and I wait for him to bring the refreshment and strength as I continue to do what I know to do. And then this week we're looking at the throne name, the title Everlasting Father, which is better translated Father of Eternity, like Galileo is considered to be the father of modern science, because he, he broke through into a whole new realm of study in the area of science. He had some major breakthroughs and major contributions in the area of science. So he's the father of modern science. Hippocrates is considered by many the father of modern medicine. We get the Hippocratic oath from that, his work and his ideas and his thoughts about medicine. These people have made major breakthroughs and contributions in their fields. Well, Jesus is the father of eternity because he has made a major breakthrough into a whole new realm for those who follow him, for those who trust him. He has broken into the realm of eternity. He's the author of life. We sang a song that called him the author of eternity. He's the author of life, which means he is the originator of life and eternal life. If you want anything eternal, you have to get it from him. He's the source. That's the idea. Practically, he's, he's made a way for eternal life to invade our everyday lives right here and now. Jesus the King connects us to the realm of eternity and its resources. Here's something he said. I want to look at something he said, something that one of his followers said, and what that follower learned from him. Uh, John 5.24, one of my favorite passages of Scripture because it shows the difference Jesus makes in an instant. I tell you the truth. Some translations say, I, truly, truly, I say to you, that means listen up. This is really important. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Notice when Jesus says, that you possess eternal life. You receive it. You possess it when you believe. When, when a person believes, they get eternal life. It's not out there in the future. It's not something that you will receive. It's something you receive at the moment that you believe. This word believe, this was originally written in Greek. That word believe means that you become so convinced that Jesus is God that you give him complete control of your life. You make him the king. You step into his kingdom. And that means you possess eternal life because of what he's done to give it to us. It's not in the future tense. It's what you have right now. But what happens is from that point forward... From the moment you believe to the point you give him complete control of your life, 
then the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, comes into the core of your being and He connects you to the resources of eternity, the resources of heaven, and that begins to change you. When, when you come to Christ, the idea is not this. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, you know, I've been, I've been bad. Now I'm going to be good. Now I've, I've lived this way. Now I'm going to really try to figure out how to be a good Christian. That's really not what it's about. It's, it's about coming to the right conclusion about who Jesus is, recognizing him as God, giving your life to him, and having his Holy Spirit Enter the core of your being and begin to change you because of this quality of life that becomes a part of you. Because he becomes a part of you and he begins to change you. From our vantage point, what happens that moment you believe to that point, that moment you believe this eternal life, we possess it, and then it begins to expand, increase, oh, ever, ever expanding, just keep getting wider, wider, wider. It kind of invades you know, you, you have your uh, timeline of your life, you know, from beginning to end. At the point you believe, it just, it, the eternal life begins to grow and grow and grow on into eternity. It invades your existence, who you are. And in this life, you can begin to experience the benefits of eternal life. You can begin to experience the benefits of heaven. You get like an appetizer. Right now, I don't know what your favorite appetizer at a restaurant is. Cheddar fries, um, jalapeno poppers, I don't know. But, you know, we have these appetizers. Usually by the time I've eaten the appetizer, I don't need the meal anymore, but that's beside the point. Right now, we get an appetizer of what heaven's going to be like. We don't completely have the full experience because it's going to be realized later. But we get a taste, and the whole meal, the whole feast, will come later. But as we follow the Lord, as we set our heart to make him king and boss, to the extent that we do that and live in his realm, then we experience life as he intended more and more as we walk with him, as we grow, and as we uh, allow him to lead us in the direction he wants to. Here's what one of Jesus' followers said about this, his role in connecting us to eternity. First John 1, 1 through 3. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So this is something, this is kind of a normal process that we go through. We hear about something good, we see it work for others, then we take steps to check it out ourselves. That's kind of what they did. They heard, they heard about him, they heard him, they saw him with their eyes. This what he's saying is this actually happened in, in real time, in real life. This is, Jesus invaded history, and he lived. And we could hear him, we could see him, we could touch him with our own hands. And we, we, he, he was referred to as the word of life. We use words to express what we think and feel. The idea there is that Jesus is revealing what God thinks and feels. He's the word of life. And the life was manifested. We've seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. 
What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. When you believe in Christ, you get connected to God. The word fellowship means to share something in common with someone else, to, to share the same thing, to have it in common with them, to, to, to share it with them. And when you connect to God through Christ, you have fellowship with him and you share what he has, this eternal life. He is the source of it. Uh, John has seen for himself this eternal life that Jesus possessed. A couple instances instances in his life would have brought this out. He talked about how Jesus, you know, we saw him, we heard him, we touched him, and uh, we we saw it with our own eyes. Um, Jesus' close friend Lazarus got sick and died. Jesus showed up on the scene, raised him from the dead. John saw this. It's one of the things he saw. That's why he's talking about, he's proclaiming the word of life, eternal life. Because he's seen this. He's seen Jesus walk into a situation where one of his friends had died. He walks over to his grave. He calls him out of the grave. The man gets up and walks out. They saw this occur. They're witnesses of this. And so he says, this is what we saw. And Jesus uses it as an object lesson, sort of like. as It's what Jesus did as he went through life. He had disciples who lived life with him. And after he raises Lazarus from the dead, this is what he said. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus himself was raised from the dead. Not only did he raise Lazarus, but he himself. John saw that. He predicted that he would raise from the dead in John 2. He said, destroy this temple, meaning his body, and I will raise it again in three days. He predicted that he would die. <clears throat> And that he would raise himself to life in three days. This is how Jesus opened up the realm of eternity to us. He stepped into our world. He lived a perfect life. He died for our sin, our wrong. And then he raised to new life to display his power and vindicate himself, to to authenticate his identity. And then we can experience that eternal life as we believe in him and what he did. This is the king of this kingdom that we serve. The character of that king determines what it's like to live in the kingdom. Excuse me. There are a couple of places in the book of Romans that tell us what life is like in this kingdom. He's, he's opened it up to us through what he's done as we believe in him. And we can use the description in Romans, the description of the kingdom in the Bible, sort of like street signs. If you want to, to leave here and go south on Diamond Bar Boulevard, you'd go down to Diamond Bar Boulevard, you'd turn left. And if you hit Mountain Laurel Way, Maple Hill Road, uh, there are a couple other roads. If you end up pathfinding, you're heading the right direction. Those are street signs that tell you you're going the right direction. They tell you you're in the right place. Sometimes when I get lost, you know, I'm starting to look for street signs. I make sure I'm heading the right way if I'm in an, in an area I'm not sure about. So that's, that's what it is. These characteristics of the kingdom serve the same purpose. There's, they're like street signs that tell us 
whether or not we're in it. The, the kingdom of God is spiritual right now. It's going to be realized la- later on. So for now, these are street signs that tell us whether or not we're in the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Those are characteristics of the kingdom. Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, doing what's right before God. That's what, that's what happens in the kingdom of God. It creates real stability in relationships to do righteousness with one another, to to live a righteous life. There's peace, total well-being. Not just the lack of conflict. That word peace doesn't just mean there is no conflict. It means total well-being. Things are good on the inside and joy, complete and utter happiness. That's what it's like in the kingdom. As you surrender control... To God, you experience these things. As you set your heart to follow Christ, this is what you're going to experience. Between now and the day we die, we keep surrendering control and taking it back, surrendering control and taking it back. We're going to look at that in a little bit. But to the extent that we let him lead us, he's going to lead us toward these things. Another characteristic is power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Not just a bunch of words. But there's a power to it. And, and the power in the kingdom helps you do right before God. It helps you, it draws you and helps you to do the right things. It's important to know these characteristics of life in the kingdom because if I'm not experiencing these things in any given moment of time, I need to make a shift. I need to make a change. If my friendships are getting sour, my relationships are not tasting very good, if if life is sort of rotten, then I need to make a shift. And we're going to talk about how to make that shift and what that shift is. Um, Here's what we know from the Bible. My focus unlocks the resources of eternity right now. Romans 8, 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Flesh is... Our old nature, if you've come to Christ, um, the Spirit enters your life, and then you choose who's in control. Either you, your flesh, the old nature, the old way of doing things, or the Spirit. If you live according to the flesh, you set your mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So we have a default mode. This is what some people don't understand. Once you come to Christ, it's not la, 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 life in the kingdom is grand all the time. The reason is because our flesh is still alive. That's going to go away once we die and the kingdom is fully realized. But in the between times, we're tweeners right now. We're between the times. We're between the time when we believed in Christ and received his spirit and the time when the kingdom is going to be fully realized in the future. And so in the between times, we hit default mode where we go back to our old way of thinking, our old way of speaking, our old way of doing, living by my own power, relying on my old strategies for getting what I want, what I think's best, and when we default to that, we experience death, 
sour, rotten corruption. Living by the Spirit, though, means that I rely on God's power, His Spirit, that, and I use the strategies that please Him, that He uses to accomplish what He wants as I live day in and day out. In my, if my mind is set or focused on the flesh, the result is death. If I'm focused on the things of the Spirit, then I experience life and peace. If focus on the flesh, it brings corruption. I was walking through my neighborhood yesterday, and uh, you know, we what what people do and what God wants us to do is He wants us to go into the wilderness and to sort of bring order to it. There's the wilderness right there. You can you can see it out the door. A bunch of wilderness. But we have paved the wilderness, and we put houses on it. We have lawns that we have to mow and manicure, and we have gardens that we have to take care of. This is all part of what God wants. But I was walking through my neighborhood, the nice paved road, and um, I was walking along, and I saw some bones on the ground. I thought, well, somebody threw their chicken bones on the street. What are they thinking? No, it was a small raccoon. A, a coyote had come out of the wilderness onto the paved road and had had lunch or dinner, I don't know, probably a nighttime snack, probably a midnight snack in the middle of the night. And I thought, that's exactly how it is. We're going along, we're trying to follow God, and the flesh just shows up. Survival of the fittest arrives once again. And we go into default mode, and that results in death to friendships and family relationships, the way that we know it and want to experience it, it brings corruption. Life gets sour. The projects we're working on, the work we have to do, the things that we're trying to accomplish, everything goes sour. That's the picture you have. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. I get back into the spiritual realm one way. God, I've been wrong. I've been in default mode. I've been, I took control again. I confess that to you. Will, you. will you fill me again with your spirit and lead me? Will you fill me up and lead me in the direction? Boom, you're in, you're in the realm of the spirit again. You're in the realm of his blessing again. As you sit out, you begin to experience the more you walk in the spirit, the more you walk toward the things that he gives, the more you experience the benefits of his kingdom. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The core question in any given moment of time reveals your focus is this. Who am I trying to please right now? Am I trying to please God? Or am I trying to please myself? Who am I trying to please? How am I going to respond in the middle of this conflict? God's way or my way? Am I going to blow like I normally do? Am I going to pull away and soak? Am I going to just make people pay? How am I going to respond? God's way or my way? In working on this project, am I focused on the credit I should get for it? Or will I work toward the team's success and... Let God figure out who gets the credit. Under the pressure I'm in right now, I'm under pressure. Am I going to find relief on my own or am I going to 
continue to endure and try to do right and let God bring the relief and refreshment as I need it. I so to please God by finding out what he desires, what he wants, thinking about it, wrapping my heart around it, and then doing it. As I do this, I reap eternal life. As you do that, you reap eternal life. You experience the benefits of eternity right here and now. Life in the kingdom. Power, righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy is complete and utter happiness. That's what we all want. We, we, we want to be happy. We want to enjoy life. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to enjoy life. But you, you experience that deep joy God's way, not, not our native way, not by the flesh. God's provided some resources to help us stay focused. Prayer, his word, the Bible, encouraging fellowship with other believers who are trying to walk with him, and ministry to others. These are resources that we need to use. God's made them available to us. If, if you don't use them, then that life, you don't experience the life. You don't experience the benefits of life in the spirit, life in the kingdom. You don't experience them right here and now. Things start getting rotten. Because these are what God's given us to help us stay focused. You are under the control of the one who is getting the most attention. That's, that's the way it works. Whoever's getting the most attention. If, if the spirit, if God's getting attention, you're following him. If you don't make use of these things and pull away from them, the life is choked out that God wants you to experience. It's choked out and you don't experience the benefits of his life. Jesus has opened up a whole new realm to us. That's the idea in that throne title. The Father of Eternity, Everlasting Father. That's the idea. These resources help us experience the benefits of that. We're going to be receiving our offering in a few moments. Uh, I'd like to thank you again for your generous giving. First, I want to mention, as we're moving toward that part of the service, I want to mention some next steps that you could take. As I said, Jesus wants us to apply what we read from Scripture. He wants us to take those steps. He wants us to learn to observe them. Uh, It's crucial to experiencing life in the kingdom. So here are some steps I came up with. God may have laid something else on your heart. First of all, you could memorize Romans 8, 6. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. As As you get into Scripture and you understand these things, you can immediately realize, recognize, uh, well, maybe not, but by the help of the Spirit, more and more you begin to recognize, wow, I'm living in the flesh. I've got to stop that. I've got to trust God. I've got to ask Him for help. I need the power. This verse will remind you to, to trust Him and rely on Him. Set your mind. Focus on the things of the Spirit. Second thing, you schedule time to make use of one or more of the resources I listed. Those four things, prayer, God's word, fellowship, and ministry. Put those into your schedule. Maybe, maybe you haven't been praying on a regular basis, or maybe you haven't been into the word, the Bible, on a regular basis. Or maybe you haven't intentionally been getting around people who are trying to follow Christ to learn from them. Either one, one way to do that, begin to get around them, is serve on a team here, or get in a growth group when they crank up again. Um, but put that in your schedule. Plan to put that in your schedule on a regular basis. Another step would be to shift my focus to the things of the Spirit. Maybe you've been focused, 
you're dealing with a tough situation, a difficulty or a tough situation, and you've been focusing on how can I make sure this turns out the way I want it to. Shift. How can I make sure this turns out the way God wants it to? How how can I do it his way? And then finally, if you're investigating Christ, you may be at the point where you're ready to trust your life to him for the very first time. That could be a step that you take this morning. God may have put something else on your heart, and I want to pray that God give us the strength and power to take these steps. Father, we thank you for your truth, your word that guides, gives perspective in the middle of life, and it helps us to find out life the way you want it to be, so that when we're living life um, the opposite of that, we can shift. Help us, Father, to, to make the shift in our heart and mind to focus on the things that matter to you and the things of the Spirit and so that we can bring honor to you, first of all, and experience the life you intend for us. Thank you for your kindness in breaking through to eternity for us, Lord Jesus. I appreciate what you've done, and I thank you for the salvation you bring. And I ask that you give us the power to take these steps in your name. Amen.